Sports Radio 92.9, the game back at it, Chuck Show, hanging out in the Kia studios on this Wednesday evening with you. 404-726-0929, Solomon Brothers, Diamond Text Line to be a part of this show. Falcons and Packers get uh, going on Sunday. 11 o'clock will be pregame. That will be right here on the home of the Atlanta Falcons on 92.9, the game. Chris Goforth and Mike Johnson have the pregame. They will lead you into 1 o'clock when Toe meets Leather. West Durham, Dave Archer with the call, and then Chris Goforth and Mike Johnson will have all of the postgame action. Let's head out to the WadeFord.com hotline, Atlanta's Ford dealer. Let's talk to our guy, D. Orlando Ledbetter. He, of course, covers the Atlanta Falcons for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. AJC.com is where you can check out all of his work, and, of course, give him a follow on his personal Twitter page, at D. Orlando AJC. D-Led, my man, we are finally here. We've got one week under our belt. It feels good to have some real football to talk about. Yeah, no question about it, John. Uh, some real football. They had to go out there for 77 plays on defense and I think 52 on offense. So we have to break all of those down here for the fans. So let's talk about the injury situation. So Patterson was back today. Okuda was back, and then obviously Troy Anderson went into concussion protocol. So I guess three parts to this question. Do you think Patterson plays? Do you think Okuda starts? And is it going to be the Nate Ladman show come Sunday afternoon? Well, um, Corderell was full today for the first time. He was limited all last week and then declared out. So that's a good sign that he's full. I don't think Akuda goes from zero to 100 and, and goes back into the starting lineup and plays this week. I think they're going to try to wrap him up and maybe have him for Detroit. Or he certainly wants to be back for a Detroit game, but definitely have him back by the Jacksonville game over in London. And, uh, you know, as far as the backup for Troy Anderson, it's Tay Davis. He's the uh, gentleman that uh, is behind him on a depth chart and played 22 snaps in the in the Panthers game on special teams. Uh, Nate has never started. At least uh, uh, Davis has started four times, played in 40-plus 40, 40 games. He's more veteran. But, yeah, that's, uh, that's how we see him going with the uh, backup linebacker spot. You know, D-Led, I've spent the last probably at least four months um, talking about and just harping on the idea of we have to be elite in the red zone. We have to be a 66-67%, two times out of three scoring touchdown team in the red zone, and that will put us, you know, in the top five and get us, you know, toward that elite status. I thought that was the whole key in this thing was three for three in the red zone in touchdowns. Look, there are so many weapons down there that there's no reason why this team shouldn't be an elite red zone offense. Yeah, and they only got the two of their weapons in this first game. You know, Bijan with a great open field play, catch and run, and making guys miss. Algier bouncing a run outside, and the other one just uh, going over the top. You haven't, uh, you know, I'm sure Drake London and Kyle Pitts could do some damage down there too. So uh, at least they got off to a good start with uh, with the running backs down there. So with that, you know, I, I thought that, you know, obviously as the game opened up and it got to be two touchdowns, you know, then you can dial up some blitzes and create some pass 
you know, pass rush opportunities. But I still have this fear about what we saw in the first half that we just can't get to the quarterback. Like, we just can't dial up enough pressure. And, and Sunday was a perfect opportunity to, to get some heat on a guy making his first start. You needed to make him uncomfortable. Now, look, he missed a lot of plays. But, again, I, I just didn't think that we did a good job on Sunday of getting after him enough. Uh, yeah, that's the big expected early on, I think. Uh, you saw him uh, uh, when they, once they did get to the obvious passing situation, they were able to get some heat on uh, Bryce. But uh, he wasn't fooled. They didn't. They tried to trick him and disguise coverages. Bates got him a couple times with the picks. But, uh, yeah, for the most part, you want to be able to get that. Uh-oh. Did we lose D-Led? Dubs. Nope. Yeah, you want to get there with four. You don't want to uh, have to do the games and stunts and tricks and stuff. But um, we'll see how that pass rush goes as they move on down the road here. Well, and, you know, obviously, look, there were a lot of questions about the Panthers' offensive line. And I think that's the frustrating thing is just, you know, again, you saw what the Packers did on Sunday. And, you know, Jordan Love looked like, you know, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, you know, you know, illegitimate son or something like that. I mean, you know, he played out of his mind. You know, obviously they've got a good offensive line, but, you know, can we dial up some pressure against, you know, that against that Packers offensive line without having to blitz? Yeah, they spent a lot of money on that front. You know, you want to try to attack it uh, through the A-gaps, and uh, you got to uh, – you know, Oyamata and Grady Jarrett to get upfield. They can get it up uh, going up the middle. Then that makes the edges a little bit softer for Bud Dupree, Calais Campbell, Lorenzo Carter, and uh, Arno Evacati, that whole crew. So, yeah, you need to see them uh, working unisons up front to get after the quarterback. So, d I saw, I guess, where um, I don't know if it was the Packers OC um, or one of their coaches was talking about how how good that this, you know, defense is for the Atlanta Falcons and how much personnel that they have. I think this is a very intriguing matchup. And, look, again, the season is not going to hinge on whether we can beat the Packers or whether they, you know, beat us or lose, you know, to us. But this looks like two teams that are better. And, obviously, Jordan Love was was really good. You know, how, you know again, he's not a rookie. I mean, I, I know he hadn't played a whole lot, but he did, you know, spend time in that system over the years. How intriguing of a matchup is it this weekend with these two teams? It's uh, very intriguing, uh, John, because uh, while Jordan didn't play, Coach Jerry Gray, who came over to the Falcons from Green Bay, got to see him practice every day for the last three years. So the Falcons won't be out in the cold. Uh, not knowing what this guy can do. They'll be very well coached up on uh, the throws he likes to make, the throws he can make, and the throws he can't make. So um, they won't be caught off guard like maybe the Bears were because there was such a lack of film on uh, Jordan Love. So they'll have a good book on him. They'll know how to attack him. Now it'll just be a matter of uh, if they can execute what the uh, coaches put together for them. D. Orlando Ledbetter, Falcons beat writer for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, joining us here on the WaitFor.com hotline. And, you know, Jair Alexander, the really standout corner for the Green Bay Packers, you know, he talks so glowingly about Jerry Gray. And I've told – I've said, look, I, I think I think Jerry Gray was the best addition 
uh, to this roster uh, that the Falcons made all offseason. But Jair Alexander is a guy that, boy, if you if you read some of the things that he has said, you know, even in the offseason losing to Jerry Gray, he gives him all the credit in the world for how good of a player he is now. Yeah, no question about it. He's had a lot of uh, pupils like that around the league. Uh, Darnell Savage, the uh, good safety back there, too, was also drafted uh, while uh, Coach Gray was up there. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's certainly uh, he's trying to have his impact here in Atlanta, much like he did in Green Bay. And uh, throughout his, wherever he's been, he's uh, had uh, pretty good defenses. And the cornerbacks that play for him speak, always speak glowingly of him. So, you know, d if we look at this offense, I mean, obviously, you know, people were people were going after, I guess, in, in some ways, um, Desmond Ritter because of just the lack of yards and things like that. But I thought Ritter, for what was asked of him, played pretty well. And look, even Arthur Smith had to admit that they had to do some different things offensively to slow down some of that pass rush because they couldn't pass block very well. Do you think the plan was kind of to be a little bit more balanced and get Desmond Ritter some more opportunities in the passing game and that basically that the game dictated the fact that you couldn't drop him back as much as you wanted to? Yeah, no doubt. They couldn't block uh, Brian Burns. They needed uh, to bring the chipper in there over there and uh, have the back, the rest of the lineup with a uh, with the back. So yeah, when you do that, you uh, limit, you know, what you're gonna be able to do. Uh, you know, he uh, he didn't even try it down the field. So I I don't know if I'm not putting it on Ritter. It was conservative game plan. He executed it. Uh, they tried to have some throws down the field, but you know the first one didn't work, and uh, you know uh, they didn't do it like they did last year. They you know they pounded you with the run and then slowed the rush down with the play action. So that's another uh, option for him moving forward. But yeah, they knew that uh, Caleb McGarry struggles against elite speed rushers. That was a book on him coming out of school. So um, no, no surprise, but that that, that wasn't. Uh, that should have been accounted for going into the game. That shouldn't have been an adjustment. So the Packers did pick up four sacks, and and look, I'm I'm sometimes obviously Justin Fields runs himself into some sacks. So. I, you know, again, I didn't watch as much of that game to, to see, you know, what what his play was like. But, you know, the Packers did pick up four sacks on on Justin uh, Fields in that game. D, if I told you, if I say to you, 25 and a half is the over under on pass attempts for Desmond Ritter going into this game for Green Bay. Do you think that number is over or under 25 and a half? No, I think it's under. Yeah, that's a easy one. They're not even trying to throw it. Uh, <clears throat> they haven't showed that they can throw it more than that. Uh, this is a, a you know running team. I'm not expecting them to drop back and throw 30 times a game. So uh, yeah, that's an easy under for me. So we saw Bijan get the 10 rushes and the six uh, uh, pass receptions. Is that kind of going to be his balance early on? Do you think that he increases his rushing attempts or they they use him more in the passing game if they can't get some of their guys open? Like, do you think that that's about the number of touches for at least the early part of the season that you figure that B. John Robinson is going to have? 
Yeah, I was thinking 15 to 20 and uh, going into the first game, and they hit that. So I'm going to stay right there with that. Uh, but like like I said, they only had uh, 52 plays, John. Four, four three and outs, one four and out. You know, they had 13 possessions, two to end a half. So out of the 11 possessions, they punted seven times. So do you think so that, that – nothing- so do you think that the game plan going into this week is going to be start with the run and and establish that and then, you know, get Desmond Ritter? I mean, again, we saw the first play was a ball off Dahlman's helmet and, and a reception for Desmond Ritter. Do you think that they get back to just running the football effectively early in the game and then open things up a little bit once they've loosened up the defense a little bit in the pass game? Yeah, I think they can do that, too, especially if uh, Patterson makes his way back to get a chance to uh, load all of the running backs up and go at the Packers, who, uh, you know, have pretty good linebackers in Quay Walker and Devondre Campbell, former Falcon. But, yeah, you certainly – you're not coming out throwing. He's not Dan Marino. <laughs> I mean, folks got to put their arms around him. He's not that quarterback. He's not Matt Ryan. He's not. You're not dropping back. You're not coming out and throwing nine routes. That's not what they're going to try to do. They're spreading people out, try to go uh, vertical, and then slip somebody behind them deep, like they did uh, late in the game against uh, the Panthers. So, you know, it's a different style of ball. People got to get used to it. But, yeah, they're not. I'm not expecting them to come out empty and start throwing it all over the lot. That's not the way this team has been built. Last question, D-Led. Um, do you think that if Okuda is not going to play, do you think that the – Packers and Jordan Love really attack Trey Flowers and attack some of these linebackers in the passing game. I mean, look, um, you know, Love was really, really good. You know, three touchdowns, no interceptions, 9.1 yards per attempt on 15 of 27. Do they attack the second corner, middle of the field? Like, are they going to come out throwing themselves? Yeah, I think so. <clears throat> Romeo Dobbs is available. I haven't uh, heard on Christian Watson. So uh, they pretty much went with Dobbs and and Uh-oh. for, you know, 11, 11 uh, touches for 127. So they, they'll try to do that again. And, uh, you know, the big running back, uh, uh, A.J. Dillon, only had 19 yards on 13 carries. So they stayed with it a little bit, even though it wasn't working just to kind of keep the defense honest. But, yeah, those would be the three things you got to do. You got to shut down Dylan. You got to keep Jones under control in space. And then, you know, you got Jesse Bates to help Trey out over there. So they're not going to leave him in one-on-one situations. And uh, you saw Bates got both of those interceptions when he was helping out Trey against the Panthers. D. Orlando Ledbetter covers the Atlanta Falcons for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Check out all of his work at AJC.com. He's on Twitter at D. Orlando AJC. Join me here on the WadeFord.com hotline. D. Led, my friend, as always, buddy, appreciate a few minutes on the show. We will certainly chat again with you here soon. Sure, no problem, John. Thanks for having me. And uh, don't be a hater on those red helmets, D. Led. Don't be. No, nah, I don't like them. <laughs> I don't like them. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. All right. <laughs>